وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فإذا قضيتم مناسككم فاذكروا الله كذكركم آباءكم أو أشد ذكرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يزال لسانك رطبا من ذكر الله او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فرمائے کرام برادرز اینڈ ایلڈرز ان دیز مبارک ڈیز دی ڈیز اف حج دی مائنڈ اف ایوری مومن دی ہارٹ اف ایوری مومن از نیچرلی کنیکٹڈ to this very great ibadat of hajj whether he is there or he is here and this is something that should be the case with every ibadat that the mu'min's heart should be forever connected to ibadat connected to ibadat ibadat is not confined to salah Salah is the pillar of Islam, pillar of deen. And the most important aspect after Iman. But Ibadat is not confined to Salah. It's not confined to Zakat or fasting or Hajj. It governs every aspect of our lives. And a mu'min in all these aspects of life, his heart is connected to Ibadat. He's connected to Ibadat meaning that he is totally subservient to Allah Ta'ala in every moment. So Imam Abu Hanifa was once walking somewhere and out of the blue somebody just addressed him and he said to him that fear Allah. Now one is that we also would say that advice is something that we are always open for. We are very uh, eager to receive somebody's advice, somebody's admonition and correction. Might even say that, look, anytime feel free to correct me, whatever might be my weaknesses. But the issue is that when it becomes the crunch time, when somebody has really brought up something that we needed to be corrected on, then the spontaneous response already is when we go in defensive mode. First we will go in defensive mode and already start justifying or defending ourselves that well, I didn't really mean it the way you understood it or what I actually said was something else, what I did was something different. There will be some kind of defense as a first response. Then after some time, maybe we might just digest it a bit and then maybe realize that yes, what was said to us was correct. Then as a, like an afterthought, but in any case, Jazakallah for telling me, I'll think about it. So that's like an afterthought that, and that too is that afterthought comes. Many a times that afterthought never comes also. Rather, it becomes a problem that who are you to tell me, I know better. Whereas this is never the way that our Akadir responded, our pious predecessors, right from the 
time of Rasulullah sallam till this day, we find from the Sahaba Ikram, this was never the way that was the response. If somebody was corrected about something, then the response was first to accept it. If the person misunderstood something, well then discount it. One of the great personalities of the not too distant past, Hazrat Sayyid Ahmad Shaheed Rahmatullah very great personality, a person of very high caliber. And he was somebody who enjoyed the respect of everyone. All the pious personalities of the time all looked up to him. In any case, it was, he was now already in this senior position and at that time he got married. So he got married at a very later age in time. So now when he got married, there was another very senior alim at that time, Hazrat Mawlana Abdul Hay Rahmatullah very senior personality in his own right, person of great depth in knowledge. So he was his murid, Sayyid Rahmatullah is murid. He used to often perform the salah. So now the day that Sayyid Ahmad Shahid Rahmatullah got married, the next morning in the Fajr Salah, Abdul Hay Rahmatullah he has performed the salah and he realizes that Sayyid Sahib has missed one rakat. Because now he stood up to complete his missed rakat. In any case, he observed it and everybody probably noticed it and that was it. The second day, he realized that he wasn't there again for the first rakat or maybe for takbir ula. The third day again, a similar thing happened that he wasn't there when the time the namaz started. He was there for all the rakats but he missed the takbir ula. So after the third day, after having completed the salah, he turns around. Now this is not for everybody to now uh, follow in the same manner. Certain things are acceptable in a certain place and certain time for certain people. Certain things are not for everyone to emulate exactly like that. So in any case, he turned around and he is now addressing Sayyid Ahmad Shahid who is the Sheikh Waqt. He is the Sheikh Ul Mashaykh of the time. And it is his Sheikh also. And he, in the midst of this whole gathering of Fajr Salah, the whole congregation, he says to him, Shadi ki ishrat hoti rahegi ya ittibai sunnat. That will you continue now in this enjoyments of married life or you will make ittiba sunnat, meaning be present for the takbir ula. Now in the presence of the whole congregation, he is saying this. What is the spontaneous response of Sayyid Ahmad Shahid Rahmatullah His spontaneous response is, Aaj ke baad nahi ho without any hesitation, without any reservation, in that one statement he is acknowledging, okay, what I did, that shouldn't have happened, and I'm accepting this correction, and I will not allow this mistake to happen again. He says, inshallah, I am the Aisane Yoga, inshallah in the future this won't happen, this won't repeat itself. Now, who is he responding to, who is he answering to, who is he, so to say now, giving an explanation for the future or rather apologizing to his junior, his own murid. And that too in the midst of the whole congregation. And he didn't feel anything that he 
lost his honor or dignity or it made him small in some way to acknowledge that, okay, I made a mistake and to make this commitment that fine, in future this won't repeat itself. Now, this is that fanayat, that complete annihilation of the self. That, okay, sometimes a mistake can happen. A mistake can happen, but if there's fanayat, if there's that annihilation of the self, if the person doesn't have any airs about himself, the ego hasn't taken over, then despite the fact that he might have whatever position, it might not, it will not hinder him in the least but to accept the mistake, to acknowledge the mistake, to accept the correction. Fine. Uh, I accept whatever was done was a mistake and I am ready to make the change. This is as a result of that fanayat, annihilation of the self. And to the extent that fanayat has been achieved, the doors of everything else opens up to. This is what was the glaring aspect in the lives of these Akavir. So we're talking about that incident of Imam Abu Hanifa Now he's walking and somebody suddenly addresses him and says to him, Fear Allah. Now who is being addressed? The Imam of the time. So the person whoever addressed him would in every regard be his junior. What he said was perfect. That's something everybody needs, that advice. But despite the fact that everybody needs that advice, there's a way of going about giving that advice. A person of that caliber won't be just addressed in that, just anyhow, he'll be addressed in a way that's befitting his position and honor. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala, in the opening ayat of Surah Hujarat, Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu la tuqaddimu bayna yadayillahi wa rasoolihi wa attaqullah. Inna Allah sami'un alim. There's an adab, an etiquette that is being taught, respect. And deen, deen, from beginning to end, deen is permeated with adab. Every aspect of deen is adab. And take the adab out, the whole deen will collapse. Everything is linked to adab. In every aspect of life, adab has been taught. If it is between how people interact with each other, despite them being strangers to each other. There too, the aspect of adab has been taught. How does a person interact with somebody? Now, one is a complete stranger to him. He might be a person who doesn't have any links with him in any way. But there's a certain respect. What about those who are on such a high position like the imam of the time personality of that so Allah Ta'ala is giving this adab and etiquette there's adab you shouldn't jump the gun the sahaba are being taught that until Rasulullah has not first given you the permission to now say what you want to say you shouldn't of your own accord jump the gun and say what you want to say you should wait your turn and when he has asked you for your view then you should give your view or your Whatever suggestion may be. Now this etiquette that was taught with regards to Rasulullah the Mufassirin extracts from this, that this applies to all the personalities of knowledge and piety, that a person needs to maintain that position and deal with them accordingly. So now though this advice was 100% perfect, but the manner in which it was given to a personality of this caliber, 
That was not the right way to go about it. But now what is the response on the other side? Mawa Hanifar stops dead on the spot that he was walking. He's been told something, given some advice, and an advice of such a deep nature. Because this is the essence of everything. To the extent that a person has developed this fear of Allah Ta'ala, which is taqwa, this is the same, the different names and the different titles of the same lesson. Whether it's taqwa, whether it's khashiyat, whether we call it the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, whether we call it so many other aspects, it all, the sum total is the same. That complete consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, fearing the accountability in front of Allah Ta'ala, the fear of Allah Ta'ala, that kind of fear, which is the fear of love, like the person fears displeasing the beloved. And for those of us who haven't yet developed that love to that extent, the fear of the azab of Allah Ta'ala. In any case, this is the most essential lesson that can be taught to anybody. Babu Hanifa Rahmatullah stops in his tracks. And then he responds to the person that how much in need we are of people constantly admonishing us with such advice. Step one, wholehearted acceptance. Wholehearted acceptance. What you've done, what you've told me, 100%. And this is something we are repeatedly in need of people reminding us of this. After having said that, then as a lesson, because he was a person of that position that it was necessary for him to impart this lesson, as a lesson he then said to the person that Alhamdulillah, it's the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, that I have never done any Anything, any, any aspect of any khidmat of deen, any word I've spoken at, of advice to anybody, anything that I've done in terms of any lesson of deen taught, taught to somebody, except that I was conscious at that time that I'm going to be questioned about this on the day of Qiyamah. With what intention I did it, how I did it, that I did it, do it for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala alone, I haven't ever done anything without first re- Refreshing this intention in my heart and mind. Now, this is that consciousness, that istihzar, consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, and that same quality of ihsan that is repeatedly spoken about. That consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Now, this is what he was referring to. But the lesson that we are talking about is, that that is the second part of it, but the first an ordinary person is giving such a great personality, this advice, wholehearted acceptance. What you are saying, 100% correct. Not that who you think you are talking to. You, you sorted your own life out. Talking to me, you sorted your own life out. First go sort your own house out, then come talk to me. Now this would be sometimes our responses. That you didn't sort yourself out, what right you got to talk to me? Whereas, a person sorting his own life out is one responsibility. It's an independent responsibility. It's very necessary, obviously. And advising somebody else is a separate responsibility. It's like a person now, the month of Ramadan came, so now he decides to fast. Somebody tells him the whole year you didn't make salah, you didn't perform salah, what are you fasting for? If he didn't make salah, that was a terrible wrong thing. Major sin. 
But does it mean that because the person didn't perform salah, he shouldn't fast as well? If he didn't perform salah, we should be advising to perform salah. And he's fasting, mashallah, alhamdulillah, he's fasting. They teach him and advise him now, mashallah, just as you are fasting for Allah Ta'ala, salah is also farz. Fasting is farz, salah is also farz. So you should fast as well and perform salah also. So likewise, a person giving some good advice, he's fulfilling an aspect of deen. He has got it in his own life. You should advise him, mashallah, you advise very good. I'll make amal also, you also make amal. But to say that if you don't have it, who, what right you have to tell me about it, that's wrong. If he is not doing it, that's wrong in itself. But it doesn't bar him from advising about it. And many a times that advising about something which is missing in a person's life, that dower towards it, that becomes the means of it coming in his own life. If he's advising with sincerity, that will come in him, inshallah. So, this aspect of this wholehearted correction, this is the glaring lesson that we get in the lives of our pious predecessors. We started off on the note about that this is that time of the year where mu'min's heart and mind is connected to these great ibadat, aspect of hajj. And this is how a mu'min's heart should be forever connected. Connected towards Allah wa ta'ala. By means of this connection to ibadat, what is the ibadat for? Ibadat is not something for itself. It's a means to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. So the connection to the ibadat is to connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. So likewise, this ibadat of hajj, we may not be performing hajj, but our heart should be connected to it. And those ayat of the Quran Sharif, those lessons that are repeated about hajj, we too should become part of it. We too should take those lessons. So among the lessons in the Quran Sharif, among the advices that the Quran Sharif has given to a person performing Hajj, but these advices are universal. Allah Ta'ala speaks about this in the Quran Sharif, that one of the things that used to happen in the times of Jahiliyyah, in the times of Jahiliyyah, when they would gather at Mina, then Mina was a place where they had nothing else to do. Now, in the times of Jahiliya also they made Hajj. In whichever way they did it. So now in Mina they would gather there and start singing the praises of their forefathers. And one person would come and he will the poetry composed about all the achievements of his grandfather and great grandfather and his forefathers. And then somebody else will come to outdo him and he will sing the praises of his forefathers and this would go on and this is how the time would be spent in a kind of merrymaking and self-praise. So now that Islam has come, Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمْ مَنَاسِكَكُمْ Now that you have completed your rites of hajj, the main great amal of hajj, that the wukuf arafah is over and then the other amal that follow thereafter, the tawaf and ziyara, etc. So now all these main rites of hajj have been completed. Now you are back in Mina. Unfortunately, many a times, because the hujjaj now have done so much in the few days before that, so people are fatigued, they are tired too. And now there is nothing else in terms of the rites of hajj to be done in Mina except the 
pelting of the jamarat. It will happen once in the time of the day and then that amal is completed for that day. Now it's the next day then. So on the one side is the fatigue and the other side because this is the only amal that is pertaining to the rites of hajj. People start going into a relaxed mode. And then that relaxed mode starts becoming a party mode. Which then destroys the whole spirit of hajj. So be that, that's a separate issue. The point here is that what is Allah Ta'ala saying? What should, how should this time be spent? This haji has gone for hajj, he's going to come back. What he's going to do there, he has to bring back home. And what he does in the time of hajj is to be a training for how he lives his life after hajj. Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمْ مَنَاسِكَكُمْ فَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَذِكْرِكُمْ آبَاءَكُمْ أَوْ أَشَدَّ ذِكْرًا That when you have completed your rites of hajj, now you remember Allah Ta'ala. Get engaged and engrossed in zikr and in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala like the manner that you used to remember your forefathers and praise them, talking to the initial recipients of the Qur'an Sharif that the Sahaba before Islam, this is how they performed their hajj. That they got involved in this praising of their forefathers and composing poetry. Allah Ta'ala says, now you get more engrossed in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Oh, ashadda zikra. That is nothing. You should become completely engrossed in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. The zikr, this is the lifeblood of a mu'min. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. To the extent that he remembers Allah Ta'ala, to that extent he's alive. This is the just of a hadith sharif that مثل الذي يذكر ربه والذي لا يذكر ربه كمثل الحي والميت the person who remembers Allah Ta'ala and the person who forgets and neglects the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala the example is كمثل الحي والميت like the example of a living person and a dead person the person who remembers Allah Ta'ala Nabi Islam is comparing him to a living person the person who neglects the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, he's been compared to a dead person. Outwardly, this is something which doesn't seem to be that crucial. MashaAllah, it's a very good thing. But if it doesn't happen, no big loss, so to say. If a person missed his Fajr Salah, he will feel the loss if he has the consciousness. And indeed, that's farz. But if a person didn't remember Allah Ta'ala, he feels nothing about it. He didn't make one tasbih, he didn't recite one name of Allah Ta'ala once also. He doesn't feel anything about it. Why? That it is like just an optional thing. Whereas it's the lifeblood. It's the lifeblood of a mu'min. Which will keep that salah alive, it will keep that tilawat alive. It will keep his gaze low. It will keep his tongue in order. It will keep everything going well if the zikr is done the way it's supposed to be done. One is a very casual manner. But the other is with that importance given to it consciously. Wholeheartedly, consciously. And to the extent that there will be mujahada in it. For example, the time a person has fixed for his zikr. Suddenly now that time something else is cropping up. Oh, there's a very severe wave of laziness 
huge wave of laziness that's now just washing over him. Or just that time the sleep will now be overpowering. Or anything, but nevertheless, something that is not beyond his control. Something that is within his control. And it's not something that if he doesn't delay that, there's going to be a big, some big loss or big issue. No, it's just things that just come in the way, which shaitan just now makes a person feel that if I don't delay this zikr now and delay this matter, then there'll be a big problem. So now that time it requires a mujahada. But this mujahada that a person does, undertakes, the extent of that mujahada, to that extent is the noor in that amal. The greater the mujahada, the greater the noor in that amal. And the greater amount of that noor that permeates the heart due to that amal. The person who didn't have to make that mujahada, alhamdulillah, he'll also benefit. It's not that he will not get the benefits. But the person who had to make more mujahada in it, and he had to suppress that nafs, and he had to fight himself from within. He said, come with me, I'm not going to omit this, I'm not going to delay it, I'm going to do it now. This is the time, I'm not going to let it pass now. It is a mujahada, sometimes a major mujahada within himself. But that mujahada, al-mushahada biqadril mujahada. The mushahada and the witnessing the manifestation of the bounties of Allah Ta'ala, the spiritual bounties of Allah Ta'ala is to the extent of the mujahada. So now he suppresses that nafs, suppresses that laziness, does not give in to that laziness. Allah Ta'ala then opens the heart for him, fills the heart with that nur. Now the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, if it's done in the way it's supposed to be done, that zikr which is that ashikana zikr, with that love of Allah Ta'ala, then to the extent that this will be there, the zikr that is taken even sometimes without a person realizing to, that too is not without benefit. That too is not without benefit. That too has benefits. But the full benefit would come to the extent of the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. And this is what we find in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, the Kabir of the all the eras, that this was a, there was a very prominent part of their day which was engrossed in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And then that became the powerhouse for the rest of the day. For, for nothing, nothing would be able to come in the way of that zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the time that was a portion for it, what they, the amount that they had to make of that zikr, and our Mashaykh have made it so simple for us, have brought it down to the bare minimum. Whereas in Previously, the average person's zikr would take him 45 minutes, one hour, somebody two hours, somebody more. Many would be reciting 25,000 times some azkar, etc. 25 times become too difficult for us nowadays. So one of the major lessons of hajj is zikr. فَذْكُرُوا ذِكْرِكُمْ آبَاءَكُمْ Together with zikr, is dua. Allah Ta'ala says, dua famin al-nasi man yaqulu rabbana atina fi dunya Dua, somebody's dua gets confined to dunya. Allah give us this and that and the other of dunya only. Akhirat completely forgot about it. Deen, 
the amal of deen, the tawfiq of fulfilling the amal of deen, that hardly ever makes it in the dua. It stops there. Well, they may get something in dunya, may not get, but akhirat there's nothing for them then. But there are those there are those who they make the dua for dunya but they also ask for the akhirat and they want safety from the azab and the punishment of Allah wa ta'ala in the akhirat so this is their major part of their dua Allah ta'ala says they will get the full benefit of this dua that they made So this very major lesson of Hajj, the lesson of Zikr, this is something to be inculcated very, very strongly within us. Together with the Zikr, that this Hajj, this Hajj becomes a means of a person connecting himself to Allah Ta'ala by means of being with this entire group of the lovers of Allah Ta'ala. They have left their homes, they've left their places, they've left their countries, they've left everything and left their normal clothing behind, put on just plain sheets. They left their luxuries and comforts. They even left what they are so accustomed to in terms of that ether that they were applying. You now can't even apply that ether in a haram. If the hair becomes disheveled, you can't do anything about it. To try and now wash it up with any fragrant soap or anything. Just maybe washing it is fine. Now, so many restrictions of a haram. Now, what is this? This is all a manifestation or rather a, a display of the love for Allah Ta'ala. That like a person madly in love, he's not concerned about anything else. His only concern is to be connected to the beloved. So this has become, now, in this, that when a person is with the with the whole group of the ashiks of Allah Ta'ala. He too, if his level of ishq is very minimal, but in this gathering of the ushak, in this gathering of the lovers of Allah Ta'ala, such a massive gathering of the lovers of Allah Ta'ala, if his heart is open, but from every angle people are pouring out their love for Allah Ta'ala, if his heart is open, why won't some of it fully in his heart also? One of this this is one of those big lessons that when a person wishes to acquire something, it will be acquired in the gathering of people who have it. In the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned that Rasulullah his generosity was above everybody. And in the month of Ramadan, Jibreel would come and he would recite the Quran Sharif to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would recite the discussion is about the generosity of Rasulullah Sallallahu That is the, the commencement of this hadith. That Nabi Sallallahu was extremely generous. Ajwadan nasil min al The most generous of everybody. Then in between is this mention. The mention of the coming of Jibreel Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Ramadan and Nabi Sallallahu spending this time in reciting the Quran Sharif to him and him reciting Nabi Sallallahu And then the narrator says, Hazrat 
ابو حریرہ رضی اللہ تعالیٰ عنہ اسی فیضہ لقی ہو جبریلو کان اجود من الریح المرسلہ that whenever Jibreel Salatu Salaam would come and meet Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his generosity would increase many fold. His generosity was already beyond everybody. That height of generosity would get even higher. But on which occasion? After Jibreel Salatu Salaam met with him. Now the commentators of Hadith, they explain what is this? What is the link here? Jibreel is the greatest of all the Malaika. And due to that interaction, even Nabi Wasallam's his generosity would even increase to a greater level. So this is that liqa, liqa'u ahlil khair. That it becomes a means of inspiration for both parties. Now what has been did, extracted from this? that the company of the pious person keeps adopting good company this liqa'u ahlil khair ibaratul qulub this causes the heart to become alive how it happens this is the system Allah has created there is no need that there has to be some kind of words that a person has to hear etc merely being in the company of those who have the connection with Allah Ta'ala, that becomes a means of bringing dead hearts alive. In the lives of, this has been always the case, but in the lives of many of our kavir of the recent past, the Shaykh al-Hadith Ma'a Zakariya Sahib Rahmatullah the author of Fazail Amal, his last Ramadan of his life, the last Ramadan of his life, Allah Ta'ala had blessed the people of South Africa, that they had hosted him in the last Ramadan of his life. That the whole world used to be aspiring that they should have that opportunity. He spent the last Ramadan of his life in South Africa and Sanger. But in that whole Ramadan, he didn't give one talk. He hadn't given any nasihat to the gathering. The other very senior ulama kiram and pious people Hazrat Mufti Mahmud Hassan Sahib Rahmatullah many other ulama, they would address the gathering, they would give the nasihat, but he didn't speak once to the gathering, that whole Ramadan. But everybody had been there because of him. Whoever had come from far and wide, whoever had traveled from so many countries and come, they had come because of his personality. But why did they come? He wasn't saying anything, and they knew they are not going to hear anything from him. Because this was the pattern for so many Ramadans before that. Where they had been or not been. So it was well known beforehand that they are not going to hear from him anything. But they traveled thousands of kilometers and came and spent the whole Ramadan in his company. Though they knew they were not going to hear one word from him. So what they came for? But being in that company with two things. With ikhlas and with talab. With ikhlas, not for any other purpose, not any ulterior motive, for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure alone. And not just there to see what's going on, just to uh, be a neutral observer, but with talab, there's a searching, there's a seeking, there's a thirst. Then the heart, that's now, it's the heart has been tuned onto the correct wavelength. That wavelength on which the transmitter is transmitting, 
So now the heart is on the same channel. All the masjids nowadays have those transmitters. But now, if a person wants to tune into that particular masjid, he must be on the same channel. But now perhaps Allah forbid, suppose if one, uh, some other place, somebody is not even a Muslim, he's also transmitting something. Person went on to that channel, how is going to receive what's coming from the masjid? She'll get that, whatever is coming. Because he's tuned into that channel. That was unfortunately happens. Sometimes the person is sitting in the masjid, but his heart is tuned into the channel of some haram place. He's sitting in the house of Allah Ta'ala, but his heart is, he's put the, he's put it onto the wavelength of some zina den, or some gambling place, or some other haram avenue, and in the house of Allah Ta'ala, he is receiving some transmission of complete zulmat. The person leaves the masjid and sometimes he is worse off than what he was before he came into the masjid. Because in the masjid, he was tuned elsewhere. He wasn't tuned to the channel that he's supposed to be. So likewise, this reception requires these two things. To be on the right channel, it requires ikhlas and it requires talab. To the extent of that ikhlas, and then with it that talab. Talab is sadiq. To that extent, that reception will be clear. And to that extent, it will imbibe. Now when that reception is clear, then that receiver, it plays back exactly what was transmitted to it. To the extent that, that connection was correct. If it was a very... Weak connection will be very noisy. Or sometimes it will break off. But if the connection was, was pro- proper, a proper connection, the signal was fine, now it will play back exactly what was transmitted. But to the extent that our hearts are open, our hearts are ready to receive, to that extent Allah Ta'ala makes that transmission happen. Now this is that lesson that was extracted. That لِقَاوْ أَهْلِ الْخَيْرِ Imaratul Qulub. And this was one example. Besides this, many, many examples. He spent the last few Ramadans in South Africa also. And the same thing. At that time, he was quite elderly, very ill, unable to speak anything. Once in a while, he would make the dua after some gathering. Not once he gave any talk or any bayan. Uh, one of the last, perhaps the last Ramadan of his in South Africa, though there was one two Ramadans thereafter, still he lived for, was in Dalum Zakaria. And that whole Ramadan also, he didn't speak once, one bayan to the gathering. Everybody was there, senior ulama, great mashayikh from various parts of the world, had traveled specifically, great muhaddithin, Sheikh Yunus Saharampuri, Rahmatullahi, he came specifically to spend the Ramadan in Hazrat Muftisad's company. A person whose knowledge was like, he was one of the few people of that caliber in the world in his time. But he, despite his height of knowledge, and being an authority in Hadith Sharif, and being a person who was like one of a handful of people of that caliber in the mastery of the science of Hadith Sharif, but he came to spend that whole Ramadan in the company of the Mufti Muhammad And he knew for sure he's not going to speak anything. Because of his ill health, because of his age, etc. But what they were coming for? 
there was something that they were receiving. And they knew they were receiving something. Because when the transmitter and the channel is, the connection is there, then that what the reception is, is perceived. They were receiving something. And they were receiving that which can't be found elsewhere. It can't be found within the pages of books. It can't be found anywhere else. It's something that only comes heart to heart. And this is just again one or two examples. This is across the board. There were so many pious people of this caliber who never would speak one word. People would still come from far and wide to be just sitting in their gathering because by that time, in that short while sometimes, they felt their hearts coming alive. لِقَاوْ أَهْلِ الْخَيْرِ Now this, in this gathering of this ushaq, the person whose heart is open to receive and it's correctly tuned in Otherwise, sometimes, as just we mentioned earlier, in the Mubarak places also, a person is right there, but his heart is tuned elsewhere. He's right in the greatest places on earth, but his heart is tuned elsewhere. As a result, the person has completed that Umrah, completed that Hajj. Allah forbid, sometimes the life goes in a somersault thereafter. Why? Because the heart wasn't tuned in the right place. But the person whose heart is tuned correctly there, when he comes back, then his life is very different. And mashallah, this is regularly witnessed. Many people, before they went for hajj, their life was very carefree. They were not so conscious of their salah maybe. Many other things in life were not being done the way it should have been. But the person then went for hajj with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. He came back. It was like a different person came back. A person who was not the same person who went. What was the whole thing? That the heart was tuned correctly. Alhamdulillah, the heart came alive. And as a, as a result of the heart coming alive, then the whole person, the person's whole life came alive. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us a tawfiq of bringing this dhikr alive in our hearts and bringing this, this aspect of tuning our hearts correctly so that we also are able to receive that which Allah ta'ala is providing all the time. But all it requires is our tuning should be correct, that we are tuned into the right channel. Allah Ta'ala bless us with the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 
Allah, 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 محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکا الحمد کلہ ولکا شکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثناء علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک اللہ لا الہ الا هو الحی القیوم وعنت الوجوه للحی القیوم یا احدا صمدا لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له کفوا احد جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمدا صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہل یا رب صلی وسلم دائما ابدا على حبیبک خیر الخلق کلیہم ربنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا ولمنا انفسنا وَإِن لَّمْ تَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَتَرْحَمْنَا لَنَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ الْحَلِيمُ الْكَرِيمُ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَرْشِ الْعَظِيمِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ نَسْأَلُكَ مُوجِبَاتِ رَحْمَتِكَ وَعَزَائِمَ مَغْفِرَتِكَ وَالْغَنِيمَةَ مِنْ كُلِّ بِرٍّ وَالسَّلَامَةَ مِنْ كُلِّ إِثْمٍ اللَّهُمَّ لَا تَدَعْ لَنَا ذَنبًا إِلَّا غَفَرْتَهُ ولا هم إلا فرجتها ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أكرم الأكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تؤاخذنا إن نسينا وأخطأنا ربنا ولا تحمل علينا إسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقة لنا به وعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا أنت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين إله العالمين يا الله أمس مصف الله most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله فقيف سي الله يا الله فقيف سي الله يا الله فقيف سي الله يا الله فقيف all our major and minor sins يا الله Forgive what we did in the night and day, Ya Allah. Forgive what we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Cleanse us from every sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. 
forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah show your maghfirat on the ummah ya Allah. Show your rahmat on the ummah ya Allah. Ilahul alamin uplift the azab ya Allah. Ilahul alamin remove the pain and hardship ya Allah. Ya Allah we have drawn down the azab ya Allah. We acknowledge all the wrongs we have done ya Allah. But you are most merciful ya Allah. You are kareem ya Allah. You are rahim ya Allah. You are ghaffar ya Allah. You are sattar ya Allah. You are ghaffar al-zunub ya Allah. You are sattar al-uyub ya Allah. Ilahul alamin ya Allah. Ya Allah, you remove the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you shower down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Shower down your barakat and blessings, Ya Allah. Shower down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, save us and the entire ummah from the azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those a'mal that bring down the rahmat, Ya Allah. Save us and the entire ummah from those a'mal that bring down azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Make us yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, for too long we have been in the slavery of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. We have followed whatever our desires wanted us to do, Ya Allah. We have destroyed our dunya, Ya Allah. We have destroyed our deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove us from this misery, Ya Allah. Remove us from this darkness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, for how long are we going to continue in the slavery of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah? Ilahul Alameen, make us your true slaves, Ya Allah. Make us your obedient slaves, Ya Allah. Make us the true ummatis of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, remove us from the slavery of the West, Ya Allah. From the slavery of the ways of the West, Ya Allah. From the slavery of the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us the slaves of the Sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us the love of His Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to live His Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, remove all the evils from us, Ya Allah. Cleanse our hearts out, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allahumma zukna hubbak, wa hubba man yuhibbuk, wa al-amala alladhi yuballighuna hubbak. Allahumma jal hubbak ahabba ilayna min anfusina wa ahlina wa min al-ma'il barid. Ilahul Alameen, make your love the most beloved thing to us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the love of dunya from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the love of the ego from our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove all the evil qualities from our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with khashiyat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with inabat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with tawakkul, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with all the akhlaq hamida, Ya Allah. Grant us a reality of tawazu, Ya Allah. Remove every stitch of pride from our hearts, Ya Allah. Every drop of pride, remove it, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Keep us on sirat mustaqeem Ya Allah. Save us from all the isms, Ya Allah. Save us from the deception of shaitan, Ya Allah. At the time of our death, Ya Allah, protect us, Ya Allah. Protect our iman at that time, Ya Allah. Save us from being deceived by shaitan at that time, Ya Allah. Save us from slipping at that time, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, take us on Iman, Ya Allah. Raise us on Iman, Ya Allah. Take us on the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman e kamil Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat and Nasuh, Ya Allah. Take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away, make that complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Grant them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. 
ilahul alamin ya Allah those are in any kind of difficulties and hardships ya Allah remove it with afiyat ya Allah ya Allah all those who are sick give them shifaa kamila ajila mustamira daima remove every trace of their ailments ya Allah give us all cure from all our physical ailments ya Allah give us cure from our spiritual ailments ya Allah ilahul alamin enable us to perform our five times salah with jamaa ya Allah grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya Allah enable us to perform every salah with takbir ula ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah enable us to perform such a salah with which you are pleased with ya Allah ilahul alamin enable us to make your zikr daily ya Allah grant us the reality of zikr ya Allah grant us the sweetness of zikr ya Allah grant us the sweetness of tilawat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah grant us the sweetness of ibadat ya Allah ilahul alamin accept us for the khidmat of your mubarak deen ya Allah accept our progenies ya Allah till the last breath ya Allah accept us with ikhlas and afiyat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah all the work of deen that is taking place accept it ya Allah make it a means of hidayat ya Allah make it a means of khair ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah unite the hearts of the ummah ya Allah unite the hearts of spouses ya Allah unite the hearts of parents and children ya Allah unite the hearts of brothers and sisters ya Allah unite the hearts of families ya Allah unite the hearts of the ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahul alamin ya Allah ya Allah all those who have asked for dua ya Allah all those who have raised their hands to this dua ya Allah you fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya Allah fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb ya Allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya Allah grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat ya Allah ya Allah grant each one all our needs ya Allah ya Allah our greatest need is that we become yours ya Allah that you become ours ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah you grant us this ya Allah despite not deserving anything ya Allah ya Allah we are begging you for you ya Allah Allah, you become ours and make us yours, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim. وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله